A reading this morning is from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Listen to the word of our Savior. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. So, here we are on December 31st, and tonight, at the stroke of midnight, when that ball in Times Square bumps at the bottom, millions of us will start on our New Year's resolutions. I was going to ask everyone that has made a resolution to raise your hand, but then I thought better of it because we have just over 13 hours before uh, those resolutions are tested, and 13 hours and two minutes for some of them that are broken. <laughs> so there might be second thoughts as to what the resolutions are or how many there are. As for New Year's resolutions, I came across a writing by Jay Winters, and he said, for many of us, our New Year's resolutions seem to resemble carbon dating, where we can establish the date of our resolution by how many half-lives it has had. <laughs> and here are a couple of examples. The resolution in 2020. I will read at least 10 books a year. Sarah Pinch, this is for you and the Ladies Book Club. The resolution in 2020, I'll read 10 books a year. The carbon dating half-life in 2021, I will read five books a year. In 2022, I will read some articles in the newspaper this year. 2023, this year's resolution, I will read at least one article this year. And for 2024, I will try and finish the comics section this year. <laughs> or for those of you who are always concerned about your physical fitness, in 2022, I will work out five days a week. In 2023, I will work out three days a week. And for 2024, I will try to drive past the gym at least once a week. <laughs> But we are not here so I can uh, brag about my resolutions. I did have a resolution that I made 10 years ago that remains unbroken to this day. A decade of a resolution. And I'm semi-proud of that. And I say semi-proud because way back then when I made that resolution, it was to not make a resolution.
But we're not here just for resolutions. We're here to think about a New Year's revolution. And Jesus said, rise up. When you're living on your knees, you rise up. Tell your brother that he's got to rise up. Tell your sister that she's got to rise up. And Jesus said, I'm past patiently waiting. I'm passionately smashing every expectation. Every action's an act of creation. I'm laughing in the face of casualties and sorrow for the first time. I'm thinking about tomorrow. And I'm not throwing away my shot. I am not throwing away my shot. Hey, yo, I'm just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry. And I'm not throwing away my shot. Amen. Okay, so maybe that wasn't Jesus who said that. (laughs) Could have been. The story of Alexander Hamilton by Lin-Manuel Miranda certainly captured the interest of our nation for the last eight years. Not because it's brilliant, because it is, but because it's a story as old as humanity. It's a story found in the Torah and in the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the story of liberation and a story of freedom. And I thank the Reverend Mike Kinman and Reverend Anders Edstrom for this introspection and a few other seeds of thought contained in my message today. I also have to say that one week after starting my research and initial writing on this topic of Rise Up, one of our favorite Greenfield prophets and resident theologian, Bill Davenport, Coincidentally, mentioned the phrase of rise up. Bill's context was the need for a community and for a nationwide call to action to change the divisiveness of our society. To rise up as a call for action, a call for action in a liberation from polarization, of not tolerating as a community or as a whole society the apparent movement by some to minimize the freedom of others. Liberation is a birthright. It's what we believe that God's ultimate dream is for all of us. We're meant to be free, all of God's children. And like Hamilton, we'll never be truly free until those in bondage have the same rights as you and me. Our gospel reading this morning from Matthew is taken from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. His teachings on the mountain included, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And starting in verse 11, Jesus says, You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And he continues that this light cannot be contained. Light shines in the darkness and darkness cannot overcome it. It's not meant to be hidden under a bushel basket, but put on a lampstand to shine everywhere. To shine everywhere, including today. Today is December 31st, 2023. New Year's Eve day ready to turn into January 1st, 
of 2024. Now, to show some of my nerdy behavior, uh, Anders does not have the exclusive rights to being a nerd. <laughs> Although I must say he tries pretty hard. <laughs> but to show some of my nerdiness and love of useless facts, in the ancient calendar used by the Romans, which is the basis of our calendar today, uh, the name of each month had a meaning. For example, the month of February was so named uh, because that was the time of the year for a festival called Februa. March was named after Mars, the god of war. The month of July was named for Julius Caesar, although I think it should have been named Colmesson for the July 20th celebration of Chris Colmeyer, Ron McGank, and yours truly's birthday. <laughs> Cole Messon doesn't have quite the same ring as July. And the month of August was named for Caesar Augustus. And January, which we enter into tomorrow, is named for the Roman god Janus, who had one face looking backward and another looking forward. He's the god of beginnings, of transitions, of time, and endings. And that's the story of today. When we, as we near the stroke of midnight, look back at the year of turmoil and trauma and loss, not just the Detroit Pistons record of 28 losses in a row, or that other game last night, <laughs> but it's of 25 weather and climate disasters of continued mass shootings, including one at Michigan State, Chinese spy balloons, court decisions affecting millions, an immigration crisis at our, the U.S. borders, police beatings resulting in the death of minority citizens, local and state governmental units banning books and removing them from libraries, and all the signs of a future contentious and divided political campaign. And to be honest, I didn't know where to stop that list. Parental rights, inflation, cost of living, wages and wage discrimination, climate crisis, social justice attacks, wars in the Ukraine and Israel, and in our own Greenfield family, too many surprising and devastating illnesses and too many losses of beloved family members and dear, dear friends. Looking backward at 2023, my immediate reaction was good riddance. Good riddance. So like the god Junus, our other face looks forward into the next year with perhaps as much fear and anxiety as we've all experienced in our lifetime. And I'd say that particularly those who are most vulnerable are looking at 2024 and are most afraid and most anxious, fearful that the blessings and the dreams and our destiny for freedom will be increasingly reserved for the few and not for the many. 
fearful that this will be the year of rising oceans and steep cuts and services for those who need them the most. Fearful even that this will be the year of rollbacks and civil rights and LGBTQ plus sisters and brothers. Fear paralyzes. Fear lies to us. Fear tells us that we are not the salt of the earth. We are not the light of the world. And that darkness will rule the world with a darkened bushel basket placed over our guiding light. But as Paul said in his second letter to Timothy, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but rather a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline, a spirit to rise up. We may be afraid at times. That's natural. That's human. That's not a sin. If it were, I'd be toast by now. But we are not people of fear. As faithful children of God, we are people of hope. And hope is what we hold each other in. Not the hope of a winning lottery ticket. Not the hope that one more purchase will bring us happiness. No, we're people of hope that's grounded in the certainty that liberation is our birthright and the birthright of all of our brothers and sisters. Liberation is God's dream for us. Liberation is the reason God became Jesus. Hope grounded in the conviction that we and all of God's children are meant to be free and that anything that stands in the way of our freedom will, no matter how scary it appears, will crumble and fall like the walls of Jericho. Hope that is sure and certain. Hope that is the death of all fear and anxiety. The death of of all that would keep any of God's children in chains. That's why we stand like Janice with one head turned toward the past and the other turned toward the future. That's why we must in this brand new year, we must tell the story of hope and joy and peace and love the four tenets that have been on these banners all during Advent, the four candles that we lit during Advent, hope, joy, peace, and love. We must tell this story, like Anders' sermon a few weeks ago when he said we must look to and recognize the new living shoot that rises from what looks to be like a dead stump. And to look for the light that shines in the darkness. We must tell the story of hope and light because to all those who say that this will be the, year, the rollback year of civil rights and social rights. And where among us already on their knees from poverty and illness or addiction will have the rest of their legs cut out from under them. We are the light of the world. We tell the story because this is the year that we rise up 
Because when you're living on your knees, you rise up. You tell your brother that he's got to rise up, and you tell your sister that she's got to rise up. So as we stand on the edge of 2024, Jesus reminds us that we are the light of the world. The light of the world. Anders told us that Advent began in darkness. And his fellow seminarian wrote a song with the lyric of, don't let your eyes adjust to the dark. And we must look for the light of God. Another of Greenfield's theologians, Arletta Caldwell, then paraphrased it saying, don't adjust to the darkness, look for the light. And it struck me, Janice-like, looking back and looking forward, that we can't get used to or insensitive to the darkness around us. We can't let the darkness overcome our past, and we can't let the darkness cover our future. We can't let the darkness obscure the evil that might appear in the future, as we are the light of the world. As Anders blew out his candle on Christmas Eve, he reminded us that the light now dwells within us. For we must be the light, the beacon of hope. We are the liberation and the freedom, the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We have the responsibility and the duty to be that light that overcomes the darkness for us, for each other. And as the text says, for the poor, the widow, and the alien. On this New Year's Eve, we're looking forward and praising God for the freedoms that will be won in the year and the years to come. For this is not the year of fear. This is not the year of anxiety. This is not the year of the tyrant or the year of the slave master. This is the year of the light of the cross, the light of peace the light of joy. This is the year of love and of hope. So we're meant to be free, all of God's children. And we remember and believe that we'll never be truly free until those in bondage have the same rights as you and me. And this is our year, the year of our resolution. This is the year of the children of God to rise up. And we will rise up. And our light will shine. And we are not throwing away our shot. We are not throwing away our shot. The shot for a peaceful, joyful, loving, and hope-filled new year. Happy New Year. Hallelujah. And amen.